Coming up in this episode of Abundantly Charged, Jill and I ask the question, who's the star of each of our lessons? Don't miss it. Stay tuned. Welcome to our third season of Abundantly Charged. We're your hosts, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and Jill Lewis, CEO of Brilliance and Beyond. As we begin to think about life on the other side of a global pandemic, we realize that everything in life is forever changed. We're all in the midst of creating new routines in all aspects of our lives, from how we shop to how we socialize to how we travel and even to how we spend our free time. We're contemplating new ways to think about how we integrate work and home, and even how we educate our children. We've learned that our children cannot and should not be measured on high-stakes tests alone. We've learned that there are multiple ways to connect with our students, and we need to move away from a one-size-fits-all approach to teaching and learning. We've learned we need to engage our students in pedagogy and experiences that respect each student's human desire to learn. And finally, we've learned that the cultivation of curiosity and wonder in our curriculum and in our instruction invites each of our students to experience profound relevance and connection to the people and the world around them. In our 10 episodes this season, we'll explore the paradigm shifts we need to consider as we think about and explore how to cultivate wonder and curiosity in abundantly charged classrooms. We thank you for letting us be a part of your day. Hello and welcome to Abundantly Charged. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. And I'm Jill Lewis, and together, Grant and I are very excited to welcome you to this Abundantly Charged episode, Who's the Star? When to Move Off the Stage to Facilitate. This particular paradigm shift is one that has immediate effects in shifting the culture in our classrooms, as it creates a student-centered approach where curiosity, defined as the strong desire to explore something that is interesting, challenging, and relevant to your life, and wonder, defined as a way to think about, to study, and explore something interesting, challenging, and relevant to your life. These items permeate learning throughout the day. Recently, the saying, sage on the stage versus guide on the side, has become this catchy slogan of placing educators in camps of what is right and what is wrong. If I'm lecturing and I'm imparting knowledge like an IV drip, a simile to the sage on the stage, then that's wrong. If I am the guide on the side, then students have too much power. This too is wrong. Which is why we need to ask ourselves the very question that is the title of this episode. Who is the star? When to move off the stage to facilitate. Doctors Grant Chandler, that would be you, and Dr. Kathleen Budge say this in their ASCD April 2023 book coming out soon, Powerful Student Care, Honoring Each Learner as Distinctive and Irreplaceable. Curiosity and wonder are natural results of teachers facilitating joy-filled learning. The key word here is facilitating. When we facilitate learning, 
When we guide learning, students become the thinkers. They are the doers of the learning. The students are the ones who immerse themselves in the topics of choice where questioning then leads to more questions and deeper critical thinking and engagement. This is where learning becomes active. More than likely, you, the listener, have seen the learning pyramid identifying the percentages of the effectiveness of delivery of information originated by the NTL Institute for Applied Behavioral Science. The learning pyramid identifies different types of active and passive learning techniques used by educators to correlate the average retention rate when an educator uses a specific technique or strategy. Practice by doing shows a 75% retention rate, where lecture holds a whopping 5% retention rate. I have to giggle 5% retention rate, right? Okay, but let's look at this. During this last week, my class had a guest speaker who lectured about space exploration. We were sitting in stadium seating, listening and viewing the information being imparted upon us. Yet their curiosity and wonder about space was not truly tapped into based upon the anecdotal evidence that I saw. On the way back to school, there was no fascinating conversation about the topic among their peers, or students didn't even make any connections to what they were learning to what was lectured on. Um, in fact, there wasn't any interest that was shared at all in terms of just as I, I was watching and as I was listening, students just went upon their day um, and went about their day. And that to me was really sad, but that actually showcased how that 5% number of a lecture really just was imparting knowledge. Therein lies the dilemma, right, about what is when we have this opportunity to bring a, a unique talent to our students, and you know, all, you know that that's often done in the way of a of, of some type of presentation. There's that dilemma of how do we engage them? How do we how do we hook them? What can we do so that this isn't just our kids are so good? So are adults. Our kids are so good at sitting there and being super attentive and being super polite and looking super engaged and being being human and friendly, soaking mm -hmm. it all in, right? Soaking it all in. And then when it's over, they just kind of let it all go because it was an event that they attended, right? And, and they just, they go, yes, that was good. I mean, I it's the same with professional learning, right? You see adults go, oh, oh, well, that was really, really good. That was really, really fun. And it's gone. Right. And, you know, here's something that many of you will be able to connect to. I turned to one of my co-teachers and I said, um, because the conversation, part of that, one of the comments and one of the things that was showed or even talked about was the challenger. And I turned to my co-teacher and I said, I don't think you were alive when, when the challenger happened. And, and he was like, no, I wasn't. And I was going, wow. I mean, this is this, you know, when we look back at history, how that comes and that fascinating part about history and what happened and, and the importance of that particular event and why it was so important to look at sending more test runs up and, and all of this type of thing and, and gathering all that data and why it was so important. The, the importance of that event and how that changed how NASA and how space exploration changed because of that event. Um, 
it was just it was just so fascinating and i it kind of made me feel old <laughs> well oh you <laughs> i'm just gonna go on record here as saying i'm older than jill <laughs> and i will tell you that that i by much but <laughs> uh, i was in college i remember where i was when it happened and mm-hmm. i that was before my teach i mean that was before my teaching career so we're talking mm-hmm. it's been a few years i should say it's been a few decades right since since that and so people you know today's kids are completely oblivious to that particular um significant event for a lot of people that was a big deal uh, in 1980, whatever, uh, when, right. when that happened, 84 or 85, I was thinking it was 84. Um, but I could, I could be misspeaking there in yeah. terms of the year. So, but it, you know, it's interesting. And, and when we look at that, um, I, I want us to, to then now come back to our topic here, um, when to move off the stage to facilitate, because we have to look at who is that star. Um, but when we move to off the stage to facilitate, I want us to think about a different approach. And I want us to look through the lens of creating a culture filled with curiosity and wonder instead of creating those two camps of teaching, lecture or active learning or facilitating that learning. Um, the sage or the guide, right? That's really what we're, we're coming back to and talking about. When we use a combination of a multitude of passive and active types of techniques during a lesson with a heavier focus on active learning techniques, what happens is an atmosphere of mystery and engaging students in wonderment happens. That is what's going to happen next when you combine those two together. You guide the ebb and the flow. You also are creating that pulse of the learning through the types of techniques that you use to enhance the learning. And at times, there is an appropriateness to use lecture. Now, 10 minutes or less, absolutely. But we don't want to stay there too long. What we want is we want students doing, not just receiving. However, I feel like, and I believe that there must be a mix of those techniques used. You know... I, I absolutely agree. Uh, we a lecture isn't bad. It, what's bad is how we use it, right? And so mm-hmm. we know we know that sometimes it is just more efficient, right? It's much more efficient to tell somebody something because they need to know that to do something else and to move forward. We have to remember that telling isn't teaching. So lecturing, although we call it a teaching technique, it's really a telling technique. And we also know that adults have an attention span of about five to seven minutes. And Mm -hmm. I tested this once when I was teaching, I was teaching a course for college instructors on instruction, right? And so, um, and we, I, I was talking to them about, you know, because you know, college, college instructors love to talk, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, you get me in front of a group of people, and I love to talk too. So we have to be careful of all of that. And I said, oh, you know, and I was, I didn't, you know, I had mentioned times and all of that, and I tested it, and I just started. You know, started talking about a topic that was really important was watching my watching my watch, you know, and I was being super entertaining as I can be. And I was being super engaging. And I started, I mean, five minutes in, 
adults are starting to squirm. You could tell they were, you know, they were, they were doing the grocery list in their head and they were, they were, you know, <laughs> figuring out where do they have to go when they leave this, this particular. So, you know, if adults have between five and seven minutes, we've got less than that for kids. And if you're talking about a kindergartner, then, you know, you've got like seconds to a minute. And if you're talking about a high school student, I say I say five minute chunks max. And we have to really be thinking about, is this information really important? If it is, then you want them to do something with it. You want them to discover it. Is this background information where it's just easier, faster, because I can do this in five minutes and then we can spend 30 minutes doing what really matters. And we have to really flip that, right? Because what really matters is what happens before and after the five minutes. So I love the five minute rule. I think the five minute rule works really well in secondary. Um, I think middle school, you, you can, you can, most likely get away with four to five minutes and it's probably (laughs) less at the elementary level. So how do we identify who is the star and when do we move, need to move off the stage? Our students are the stars. Our move off and on the stage is of course fluid as we've been talking about. There are times when we need to come on the stage when our knowledge enhances the learning to give background, to teach a procedure, to provide feedback and guidance, to ask questions, to guide the questions so that curiosity and wonder can continue. You meet your students at that perfect place where they need that next bit of information to move them along their continuum of learning and increase their zone of proximal development foothold. Now you may be questioning, how do I do this? Well, you and your students become co-teachers and co-learners. When the teacher expects students to be responsible for co-evaluation of the work and thinking happening, increases in wonder and how the student thinks about something increases. The shift occurs when teachers are not the sole distributors of knowledge. I'm going to repeat that. We do not have to be that sole distributor of knowledge. In fact, today's students are so well-versed in so many different ways and how they learn. I feel like they are really, many of our students have really tapped into understanding themselves. And I think that that's been something that has changed over the years where no longer will they just sit back and be that person who just takes it in and and not question. And so when we allow that wonder and when we allow that creativity to happen, students are going to start to question. So here's where that shift occurs. The shift occurs when teachers are not that sole distributor of knowledge, right? They are influencers, The students are taking full responsibility in gaining the knowledge through questioning, through application, and through thinking. So here's what you do. You step to the back of the room. You allow struggles to happen during conversations, dropping in a question at that right time to move the thinking along, which means what you have to be is you have to be engaged as the teacher. You have to be able to Listen, actively listen to guide and direct the lesson through your questioning techniques, through how you prompt a student to continue to move through that information that they're struggling with, and the students are the doers. They determine 
what kinds of active and passive techniques you use based upon their needs, based upon formative assessment, and where they are at on the continuum of learning. It is up to you to create that climate of vibrant learning that leads to curiosity and wonder. And questioning is a is a, one of those other paradigm shifts that we explore this season. And in fact, in our next episode, we're going to look at questioning and thinking about what are those right questions that we need to ask. So come back next week for episode six, which will focus on that on those questions. Curiosity and wonder must permeate every aspect of learning in our classrooms. Today, students' voice, autonomy, and drive must dictate how, why, and what we teach daily. When this happens, students engage and answer the big question. What in the world do I want to explore today? Are you looking for more ways to contribute? Sorry, do you want to go ahead, Brant? No, go ahead. Are you looking for more ways to create a vibrant classroom filled with curiosity and wonder? Connect with Jill and Grant at AbundantlyCharged at gmail.com to determine how we can support your district or school with a powerhouse of professional learning options. Thank you so much for joining us today. Until next time, let's remain Abundantly Charged. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Abundantly Charged. New episodes drop every Tuesday afternoon beginning January 3rd and running through March 7th. We'll take a short break and return with Season 4 in April. Join the Abundantly Charged virtual community. If you would like subscription information, email us at AbundantlyCharged at gmail.com. Abundantly Charged is a production of Students Matter, LLC, and Brilliance and Beyond, LLC. Our show's theme music is Something Different, written and performed by Revele and obtained through Soundstripe.com. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss an episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It can also be found on our website at https colon forward slash forward slash abundantly dash charged dot captivate dot fm forward slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, let's remain abundantly charged.